0: Amen. Alright guys, if you have your Bibles, open to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm only going to read one verse, then we're going to go to Genesis chapter number 6. Hebrews 11. And put your finger there and go to Genesis 6. Before we start, I'm going, to ask you, I'm going to ask you a few questions. In the world we live in, would we all this morning agree that it is in a mess? Trouble everywhere, probably such that has it hasn't been in a long many a day. Uh, we've never seen it in our lifetime. I really believe that it has been because the Word of God says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we're going to look at Noah. You know, we, we are perplexed at what's going on in our world. And, and as normal people, normal thinking people, we can't understand why the abnormal people are acting like they act. But it's nothing new under the sun, so we know all this has happened before. But even in a world gone mad, God's still on His throne, would we not agree? Uh, even in a world gone plumb hysterically uh, insane, we'll say, God's still not shaken, surprised, or rattled in any fashion. And let me say this to you: the God that we serve still is concerned about His people. He still loves His people. And Noah here, <coughs> the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number eleven, verse number seven, it says, "By faith." Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Father, we thank you for all you do and we thank you for the Word of God. We pray for the next few minutes you'll bless it. Lord, we pray you'll encourage our hearts to see that in a dark world, and a world gone mad, that there is still hope and there is still, uh, that there is still the goodness of God that we can find. Lord, be with us as we present Your Word and the burden You put on my heart here this morning. Lord, just help us in Christ's name. Amen. The the Word of God says Noah was warned and then he moved. So Noah heard something from the Lord and acted upon it. So Noah had to... We hear the Word from the Word of God. Noah audibly talked with God. He was warned by God what was getting ready to happen. No more of a warning than we have in the Word of God. We can take the Word of God and we can understand it because uh, it is written down, it is finished. It was being written in Noah's day, it is a complete work in our day. The, but the warning is no different. And let's look what Noah was told and how he was told, and then we're going to relate it to us in just a minute. Chapter number six of uh, Genesis and verse number eight. The first thing happened in Noah's life, the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. does not mean perfection. does not mean sinlessness. It means Noah's pedigree had not been defiled. Noah was, had kept himself clean, and, uh, and Noah had kept himself right. And it said, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, It said, "...the earth also was corrupt before God, and and the earth was filled with violence." And Does it sound like anything we know? "...and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth." Make thee an ark of gopher wood, wood, wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three, three hundred cubits, and the breadth, uh, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. And the window thou shalt make in the ark, and it, in a cubic shalt thou fashion it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven and from everything that is in the earth uh, shall, shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And, and, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls, uh, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing uh, of the earth after its kind. Two of every sort shall come into the ark to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according, thus did Noah according, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so to do. Now let's just let's just stop there a minute and talk about Noah, then we're going to relate this to us. There was a will that God had for Noah's life, and he was going to preserve him. And God showed Noah grace, and he gave him this great plan that he was going to do. Uh, had Noah not carried out the Had Noah not received the grace of God, he would have drowned just like the rest of them. Had he not been obedient to the call of God, he would have died and perished just like the rest of them. Matter of fact, him and not only him, but his family. He gave Noah the plan for the saving of his family. So God had a will for Noah's life and He he gave him the way out. In verse number 13, he says, here's what I want you to do. And God told Noah, he said, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. But there's always grace. He told Noah, but make an ark of gopher wood. And he gives him the exact fashion in which he should make it. This morning, I want you to think about something. If Noah would have altered that plan in any fashion, would the boat have floated if he'd have built it instead of fifty cubits, what anybody said, well, we're gonna make it a little wider, Brother Jim. Let's make it seventy-five cubits so we will have a little more room. And I'd like to think we'd we'd like cathedral ceilings in the in the ark. we instead of thirty cubits, let's make it about forty-five. That way, we have plenty of headroom and everything will be all right. No, God give him a pacific plan. God give him a pacific order. Here's the way you're gonna do it, Noah. He said, "You shall make it uh, three hundred cubits long, fifty cubits wide, and thirty cubits tall. Any variance from that, and it won't work." And, and he gave him the work to do. And he said, "I want you've got 120 days to do. I mean, 120 years to do it in." And, and he said, "Here's what I want you to do. I not only want you to pitch it on the outside. I want you to pitch it on the inside also." And that pitch was a tar like substance. Uh, It was was almost, it was just real gooey. You know, we think about the ark probably being something of a magnificent beauty. The beauty didn't matter, Brother Randy. What mattered was that he followed the orders and he had to take that tar like substance and cover the outside so the flood couldn't get in. And when he got through covering the outside, he said, I want you to cover the inside. I want you to cleanse it inside and outside. I want you to take care of both sides of it. That means something. We'll come back to that just in a minute. And as he pitched it within and without and give him all these orders, exactness, the only thing he didn't give him an exact measurement on was the door. That's troubled me for about three weeks now. But he didn't give exact measurement on the door. And I got to thinking, and I come to this conclusion. He tells him, he says, But with, with thee will I establish my covenant. Thou shalt, make it, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives and thy son's wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. Thou shalt make them male and female. It says of the fowls of the air and of the cattle and everything that creepeth after its kind, two of every sort. And I got to thinking about that and rattling around in my mind. You know, in that same door came the crickets and the giraffes. Through, Through that same door come the Poodles and hippos. The elephants and the hamsters. Think about that just a minute. The door was there for all to go through. And the size of it was sufficient for the smallest to the greatest. And after all this takes place, God on the inside of this ark calls Noah into it. Come thou in. And when the door was shut, nobody else could get into the ark. So that tells me that there is a there was a specific way God wanted this ark built. It tells me there was a specific order He wanted things to go into it. And it, tell me, it tells me there was a set time on how long it would be there open for all to enter. And the most important thing it tells me is that through that door anything would fit. Are we right? I mean, would y'all get that from this scripture? No measurement was given because it fit everybody. Now let's relate that how we look at that. Je- Jesus told us that, that if any man come to heaven or get to heaven, he has to come through him. And he specifically says, I am the door. If any man enter in any other way, he's a thief and a robber. And he tells you that that he is the only way. Now let me say this to you. There is a certain order God gives to get to heaven. There is a certain way God said you must approach Him. And let me say this to you. It's not the prettiness of the wood of Calvary, but it's what was done on Calvary. There is but one way to heaven. There is but one door into heaven. And let me say this to you small and great sitting here this morning. Some of us have sinned a lot more than others, but that same door fits everybody who wants to enter in through it. There is no stipulation on who can come. But there is a set time when you can come. The end is coming. In the day, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was happening in the days of Noah, my friends? They were eating, they were drinking, they were partying, they were rioting, they were acting like idiots, they were doing ungodly things, they were interacting, they were interacting with animals, and they were doing all kind of grotesque sin, just like the day we're living in, and. Although they probably went by making fun of Noah. Look at the fool building the boat. For the rain that ain't never happened. Look, he's building an ark because flood's going to overtake the earth. What kind of fool it ain't even ever sprinkled? Much less a flood. Brother Jim, he was probably working. I imagine he putting a pitch on there and said, Look at the fool, he's got stuff all over him. But let me tell you what Noah did. He never veered from what God told him to do. What our problem is, we, we almost entangle ourselves with these people who was making fun of Noah. We get caught up in it. If we don't watch, we'll miss the door being open for us. We'll miss that opportunity, that window of escape. I'm sure sometime along the way Noah's son says, Dad, are you sure? Are you sure? Just like probably when a father led his son up onto a mountain to be sacrificed. He said, Where are we going? He said, We got the wood, we got the fire, but where's the lamb? What are we going to do? The father had no idea. All he knew that God told him to do it and God was not going to let his son die. He said, I don't know, but God will provide Himself. God held true to that some uh, 3,000 years later when on Calvary's cross, God Himself provided Himself a sacrifice so man can have eternal life and it has nothing to do with just finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. Just like Noah did for the saving of his family. Was Noah sinless? Absolutely not. Was Noah perfect? His pedigree was perfect, but his person wasn't. And when it was all said and done, God said, Noah obeyed, first of all. And thus thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. And chapter 7, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I, have I seen righteous before me in this generation. He said, you did what I asked you to, Noah. Now you come in and all is well. And that's almost like the rapture. You're going to be protected from the wrath that's going to Come. And I imagine when the lightning and the thundering started, everybody started thinking Noah wasn't too stupid anymore. Let me say this to you though. When the door is slammed shut to heaven and Jesus Christ is not being offered anymore, you've waited way too long to look for the door. Because it's closed. It's open now. For all, and the Bible says that uh, whosoever will, let him come. The Bible says, All is welcome in heaven. The Bible teaches us that anybody that has breath in him is capable of salvation in this day of grace we're living in. Anybody can turn to the Lord. Anybody can look to it. The vilest to the, to the, to the, to the uh, littlest kid can turn to the Lord and, and, and know Him in this grace that He showed, even showed Noah. But there comes a day when He makes His last call and the trump of God is is sounded and the dead in Christ and and we which are alive and remain, when the door is shut, when all is over, then wrath takes place. Then trouble hits. But a Scripture that stands out in my mind, when all... We, we agreed when we started that this world's in a mess. We read, we read in Hebrews by faith, Noah being warned of God prepared an ark. We, we read in the book of Genesis just now where corruption had filled all the earth and people's thoughts and their, and their intentions were evil continually. But thanks be unto God, we got a God that, that is true and righteous. Who holds to His word? And Hebrews, I mean, in First Peter, chapter number three, and verse twenty, the word of God says this: talking about the, the the spirits which kept not their first estate, but said which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. Wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The, the Bible says that God waited. God waited. But Jimmy might just be waiting on one more to get right. What if you're that one that God's waiting on? I'll tell you, if your heart's not right with God, that is who God's waiting on. Because he's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should go astray. He's not willing that any should should get contrary. He's not willing that any be lost. He's not willing that any leaves the fold. He's not willing that any gets contrary to him. He loves every, He loves people and he wants to see people live right, do right, and act right. And he's, And he was willing in the days of Noah to wait for Noah to build an ark to save his family. He waited. The Bible says that he waited. Now, the Bible's done told us that, that evil had filled the earth, and he done told us that corruption and people's thoughts were evil continually, but he was waiting on one man while well, he prepared an ark so he could save his family. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we serve a God who loves individuals. You know, he loves us as a church collectively. But boy, I'm glad he loves me individually. I'm glad when I was doing wrong that He didn't write me off. I'm glad He waited. And when the opportunity was there, He showed me. And Emma, let me tell you something God never did. He's never reminded me. He's never reminded me of what I did. I'm kind of like the prodigal son. When I come home, The father didn't care what had happened while I was gone. He was just happy that I was home. He said, clean him up. Put a robe and a ring on him. Let's feed him. Who knows? He might have come in and had some corn husks hanging off of him, looking all nasty. Buy him. Make him look like a son again. Put the robe on him, put the ring on him, kill the calf because my son which was lost is found." The father was waiting on his son. Word of God said he, was, he looked out every day earnestly waiting for the child to come home. And he was just tickled to see You know what he was? He was tickled to know that he hadn't forgot who his father was. Oh, he might have had a little bit of amnesia just for a minute at the hog bin when he went out trying to live ignorant. But when he got down, he didn't know what to do. He knew who could help him. He said, I got, my father's got servants that eat better than I am. I'm going home and ask, can I just eat like a servant? That ain't the way God works. God said, <clears throat> the father said, you're not a servant. You have royal blood. Clean him up. Dress him up. Put a ring on him let's feed him like he's a king's child. I'm glad that God waits. I'm glad that God doesn't give up on people. I'm glad that God doesn't forget me. And I'm glad that God doesn't has not uh, wrote me off even uh, in the last week for the wrong I have did. He loves me. He said, the, the Word of God says in 1 Peter that with when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while Noah did the work he had to do. Guys, listen, we're living in a world that is absolutely disgusting. Sin has absolutely took over our world. The thoughts of man's hearts is evil continually. But there is a reason why God's waiting it might be somebody that you can reach. It might be somebody that you know. Heck, it might be you. God's waiting on you to get get right. There is but one door. Try any other way you want to, but you won't get there. There is one entrance into heaven. There was one entrance into that ark. There was one way in. He wasn't. And after he closed the door, him wasn't coming out. Until until God said. Guys, listen. Our churches are taking a hit right now. The devil's got everything rattled. And it may be just God's waiting on you to show forth. Just to show forth who he is. He's great. If you would stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you this morning. Is God waiting on you? Is God waiting Have you been through the door? Do you know what it is like to go through the door? Man, I'm glad of the day I went through it. I'm glad I'm saved. And He pitched me within and without with His own blood. It's not pretty. Calvary's not pretty. If you, if, if you can paint a picture of Calvary and make it pretty, you've not painted the same picture that my Savior hung on. It was a place of shame and agony. Brutality. Where God died so that I could live. And the blood that He covers me with, He cleanses me within and without, my friends. He cleaned my soul up within. And thank God... He cleans my soul up without. I'm glad I know where the door is. And let me say this to you. You may be here and you you may be saved and you may be you may know the Lord, but you may be just like the rest of us got yourself plumb out of kilter. Whatever the need is. Christians, maybe you're here and you just want to say, "Hey, listen, Lord, I'm glad that I know that I the day's coming when the door's going to close and it's going to be over." Whatever the need is, the altar's open. I'll say this. The door is going to close shut one day really quick. Really soon. Don't miss the opportunity to go through it. Let's pray, Father. We thank You for this day. We thank You for this time. And Lord, I thank You that the, 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 the story of Noah... And the ark that you allowed him to prepare for the saving of his family, Lord, we call it Noah's Ark, but it was Your Ark. It was Your design. It was Your plan. It was Your everything about it was uh, in Your mind. Noah didn't think about it. He didn't come up with it. You give him the plan, and he just executed it, just like Calvary is, Lord. We can't add to it. We can't take nothing away from it. We can't make it better, Lord. It's Your plan. That Jesus died. And if I'm going to heaven, I'm going to have to go through the, through the cross of Calvary that I may enter in. There is no other way. There is no other name given among men but the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful that I, I don't mind to bow on this side of eternity because I know one day I'll see and be a part of every knee will bow before You. Millions upon millions of people on their knees professing that You are Lord. Lord, I'm glad You're the Lord of my life now. Thank You for all You do. Thank You for Your leadership and Your guidance. Help us and watch over us in Christ's name. Amen.